Diagnostic phase. Perhaps the greatest danger with the process of diagnosing is the natural tendency to move from listening to diagnosing to prescribing. Rarely do people reverse the process and return to listening after entering the diagnostic phase. It is much more likely that they will move on to prescribe. A plus of the diagnostic process is that the listener can, at least at the superficial level, gain a better idea of what the challenge entails. Empathic listening, instead, is aimed at helping the person with the challenge to gain insights. We do not wish to imply that the diagnostic process is useless. All too often people give too little attention to diagnosis. But in the process of empathic listening, the diagnosis needs to be carried out by each party, rather than by the mediator, helper, listener, or friend. An emphasis on diagnostics betrays a perspective in which the listener is to provide wisdom, understanding, and solutions. Often, individuals listen and ask questions with the idea of confirming their own observations. John Winslade and Gerald Monk in Narrative Mediation, a new approach to conflict resolution, suggest that a much more effective method is to be moved by a spirit of curiosity. Such an approach, they explain, is a stance of, quote, deliberate ignorance, unquote. Instead of assuming that a certain experience is the same as one we have lived through or heard about, we listen with interest and curiosity. Inquisitive listeners, they say, quote, never assume that they understand the meaning of an action, an event, or a word, unquote. Let us return to the conversation between Alaya and Shanice. My husband does not help me resolve my problems with my daughter. Alaya laments. What would he like you to do? Not have any contact with her? Shanice asks a couple of investigative questions. Well, we quarrel a lot because I tell him I'm a mother. And he does not feel what I feel. And he does not want me to seek her out because, after all, she does not listen. And I told her not to be running about, to come to my home, but she will not. She says that... Alaya continues her story, a narrative born of a mother's pain. The questions have helped Shanice understand the situation a bit better. Observe, however, that Alaya, after answering, returns to speak about that which hurts her the most, her inability to help her daughter. Let us pay attention to the use of investigative questions in the next conversation. And I predict that this uh, friction will continue. Do you think Tom feels this? Oh, absolutely. He does. Oh, absolutely. Uh -huh. Because uh, Tom is going to Larry for uh, certain issues that d deals with maintenance. So Tom feels this a lot. And he has approached you on this problem before? Tom is more of an easygoing person that if he doesn't get the answers from one person, he will... But uh, Larry just still has that, that friction in his mind. Do you, do you feel that friction when you talk to Larry? Or does, yes, he, I ex do. does he express it? Yes, he does. He does. Yeah, he's not very... In the shop, I felt by moving Larry over there. So, what's wrong with that conversation? You might ask yourself, isn't he providing quite a bit of support? Isn't the other individual talking? 
Empathic listening is not a question about good and bad, but rather between good and even better. The conversation we just heard follows a pattern. Paul asks a question and Raymond answers and then waits for Paul's next inquiry. Pauses become an excuse to interrupt. To a certain extent, Paul has control over the conversation and it is uncertain as to whether he will take it in the right direction. While Raymond may feel heard, such comprehension tends to be somewhat superficial. Raymond is not working as hard as he could and expects an answer to his problems. Paul seems to feel an obligation to solve Raymond's problem. Not in this particular conversation, but in others like it, one gets a feeling that the person with the problem is saying something like, Well, go ahead and be my guest. See if you can solve this mess. I sure haven't been able to. There are other types of questions, such as those that promote the talking about feelings. Manuel tells his wife, Magdalena, that despite the recognition that his work has received in New York, he is unsure as to whether they should remain in the U.S. or return to their native Argentina. While Magdalena has hurt her husband in the past, her focus here has been to let her husband vent and find clarity to his own thinking. That is the problem. To stay or, or to return to Argentina, Manuel sighs. What is it that you really miss from Argentina? Well, that is what we were talking about recently. One misses the family, family relations, Sundays with the extended family and the kids. But I also miss my friends. I had a huge group of friends. Manuel continues sharing his feelings. This question has permitted Manuel to explain what he truly feels. Other such questions could include. So how do you feel when that happens? What are you feeling at this moment? We will generally note quite a different expression coming from a person who is answering affect-type questions, that is, questions about feelings. Another inquiry that gives the person with the problem a chance to expand is, What then do you plan on doing? Despite the merits of such a probe, it is best to leave it towards the end of the conversation. What are you trying to accomplish? I'd like to see Larry and Tom work on the same plateau, at least be able to communicate. Unless, of course, it is asked in a much less abrupt way, such as, What options are you leaning towards and which ones do you like the least? When a question is asked to help someone take control of the conversation, I like the expression, prime the pump. These old-fashioned water pumps functioned through a lever and a vacuum. One needed quite a bit of effort to make them start pumping, but much less once the water started flowing. Prime the pump type questions are especially useful to help the person with the challenge to 1. Start speaking. 2. Take back control over the conversation, especially after an interruption. For example, after the conversation stops when a third person momentarily walks into the room, the conversation is being renewed after a few days, or when the listener realizes he has interrupted or taken an overly directive approach to listening. There are several types of questions, comments, or gestures that can work under the prime the pump category. These may include, for example, investigative questions, analytical comments, summary of what has been heard, an invitation for the person to say more, body language that shows interest, empathetic comments, 